Hi and welcome back to the Shining Light podcast. Today we're shining light on the church, or just church. So, hi, happy new year. It's very much into the new year now. It's basically very near the end of January. I hope you guys had, or you guys, I hope you all had a very lovely New Year's um, celebration. I hope that you're enjoying the new year. I hope that life is good and that, yeah, you're enjoying 2023. Um, I'm very excited to be recording because it's the first episode of the new year, so it's a bit of a big deal. But like, I mean, I think any episode is a big deal in the sense of just doing this podcast. It's always something significant for me. So I'm not making sense. Basically, I'm excited to be recording. Um, I hope I hope you're excited for a new episode, first episode of the year. I hope you like it. We're going to be talking about the church, or I'm going to be talking about the church. Um, yeah, excited to be recording and sharing life. What am I saying? And just to be talking about what I'm talking about today. So yeah, um, updates from me. Um, 2023. We give God all the glory. Yes, we're in the new year now. Uh, excited for the months ahead. Excited for the whole year. Excited for plans and projects that uh, one has, um, both personally and, of course, like with the podcast, with the blog as well. I'm just, I'm excited. I feel like I'm always excited for something, which is a nice place to be in life. Like, well, it's a nice kind of thing to be excited I think it's one of the best emotions in the world but I am very excited yes for life in general and I hope you are too I hope you're enjoying 2023 I hope that you did some like reflection there's the last episode which was the last episode of the year which I literally think came out on the 31st not 21st on the 31st of December um we were talking about like it was a reflection episode so have a listen if you'd like to um, just talking about like reflecting on the whole year. So did you do some twenty twenty two reflections? If you did, what were they like? Obviously I can't hear what you have answered, but I hope that you know you reflected and that twenty twenty three be a greater year for all of us by God's grace in Jesus' name. So enough rambling, let's get on with the episode. Today we're shining light on church. So the Bible passage of this episode is Hebrews ten twenty five in the New Living Translation. And it says, and let us not reflect, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So let's quickly pray and we'll get on with the episode. In Jesus' name, God, thank you for this time to record. Thank you that you may be able to record today. Thank you for this new episode. Thank you for bringing us into the new year. But as we go into this episode discussing the church, discussing your church, I pray that you give us all wisdom and understanding of what to say. Help me to speak what is on your heart and not like from my own flesh in Jesus' name. And I pray that we all learn something new about your church today in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's get started. Um, so this episode I've been wanting to do this episode for a bit of time, like a few months, but a few conversations I had kind of sparred me on to do to really like do this episode. So first I have like a few kind of topics that I want to talk about in this episode. So what is a church? Why do we need a church? Serving God, serving church, etc, etc. Like a few things I want to talk about. And um, yeah, let's get into it. I feel like this episode might be a bit all over the place, but I hate when YouTubers say that because it's like you're literally there making the video. Like 
you have the responsibilities which are written all over all over the place. But <laughs> God forgive me for my impatience and God help me to be patient. And to also have this episode not be all over the place because I don't like it when episodes are like that. So first question, what is a church? I define the church as a fellowship slash community of believers in Christ with a pastor or head in quote unquote in charge who leads the um, fellowship and is a shepherd of God's people. So it's kind of in two parts. So it's a fellowship or community of believers in Christ, yes. And then we have a pastor, a reverend, a, I, I think in like, in Catholicism we call it a priest um just some form of like figurehead is figurehead the right word some kind of person like quote unquote in charge who leads of the worship of the believers not literally leads worship as in start singing worship songs but I mean leads worship in that leads like prayer or leads the service yes leads the service so why did I put it in two parts because a fellowship or community of believers in Christ, I mean, that can be anyone, that can be you and your friends, if you're in, like, a Christian friend group, all your friends are Christians, you know, that's a fellowship of believers, if you're in a Bible study group, that's a fellowship of believers, if you're in, like, I don't know, a youth group, that's, yeah, that's a fellowship of believers, like, any kind of group of believers who believe in Christ is a fellowship of believers, but it's really important to make the distinction between that and the church because a church will have someone in charge and why I say in charge in quotes is because like obviously God is in charge Jesus is the head of the church but I mean in charge in the sense of physically there kind of overseeing how things are going and being the physical teacher because we're not just going to sit and say okay Jesus speak and we're going to call that church you know that's not how it works so you have a physical person who God has chosen to be the pastor and they will be the one um, speaking, um, giving the sermon, maybe leading prayer, um, etc. like leading the service. So that's to, to my definition what a church is. I also use the Bible, of course, in this definition. So Jeremiah 31 verse 5 says... What does it say? It says, um, oh, sorry, I beg your pardon. Jeremiah 3.15, I was about to say. Jeremiah 3.15 says, And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So a pastor should be a, like a shepherd, um, a person that feeds us with knowledge and understanding from above, not from their own wisdom, but from the Lord, because God chooses like called people to be pastors and evangelists and all these things I think Paul would say in Ephesians um to some pastors to some evangelists what does it say yes oh I was right Ephesians 4 11 16 and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints to the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ etc that was just 11 and 12 but um god calls some people to be pastors he calls some people to be evangelists etc so when a person is acting out in that um vocation that they've been called to they they should do it according to god you know so a pastor should be like should be a shepherd someone that will 
go according to God's heart, as it says in this verse. Similarly, First Peter 5, this isn't a whole episode about pastors, but I just think it's important to know what like a pastor kind of should and shouldn't be. But First Peter 5, 1 to 4, it says, the elders who are among, this is New King James version, by the way. Should I read it in another version? Now I'll read it in New King James. New King James says, the elders who are among you, I exhort, I exhort, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, see, serving as overseers, not by compulsion but willingly, not for dishonest gain but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you but being examples of the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. But I think this is a perfect definition of what a pastor is and perfect definition of the vocation of a pastor so they should be a person who is acting in their vocation by compulsion um will not by compulsion but willingly and doing it eagerly and knowing that they are doing it under the guidance of the chief shepherd that is jesus christ that is the lord so a church a fellowship of believers who a fellowship of believers in Christ with a pastor or head, some form of head <laughs> in charge, he leads worship and is a shepherd of God's people. So that's what a church is, like your local church, um, walk down the road, take a bus, drive, take a taxi, whatever, but like your local church to your local church. And then the church, like the worldwide church, apparently I've been told that I say the word church like with an accent that's 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 my accent so if you hear like me doing like church it's like it's just my accent um yeah there's that's i mean there's nothing i can really do i'm not gonna follow an accent so you know so just that's how i say church church i don't know i'm gonna say it weird now i reckon because i'm thinking about it but yeah if i say church differently to you then yeah that's how i say church anyway uh so the church is as in the bride of christ is a worldwide or the worldwide community of believers with christ as the head so the local church yes of course jesus christ is the head of the church um but in the local church like physically speaking um we have the like pastor as the head of the church but globally as in the worldwide community of believers as in believers through the ages we have christ as the head because there's not just one I'm not going to go into detail, but there's not just one person who's the head of the church, you know, it's Jesus Christ as the head of the church. So that's what the church is. The church is the bride of Christ. The church is the global, the through generational community and fellowship of believers with Christ as the head. And what Bible verses do I have to support this, you are? Revelation 21 to do you say revelation or revelations it's actually revelation but I've been I notice I sometimes say revelations that's a very not necessary piece of information but I just wanted to say anyway revelation 21 verse 2 it says then I John saw the holy city new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and another verse is Revelation 19, 7, which says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his 
wife has made herself ready. And Ephesians 5.25 says, what does it say? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So using the context of Ephesians and applying that to those Revelation verses, you can see that the church is often referred to as the bride of Christ in Revelation. The church is like the book of Revelation. The church is very often referred to as the bride of Christ. It's often referred to as um, Jesus' bride. Jesus is a bridegroom and the church is the bride. So that's just interesting, to be honest. Um, why is it interesting? It just is. It's just, it's nice because I think it really emphasises the love of Christ because, of course, a married couple or a groom and a bride, they should be people that love each other, right? So I think when you think about the love of Jesus Christ, it's befitting that he is described as the bridegroom and the church is described as the bride because, like, the bride often, not talking about, I'm not going to go into stereotypes and that, but, like, the bride often is the person that's very, very eager, not in a bad way, by no means in a bad way, but, like, she's eager to, like, um, I don't know, I'm not trying to be offensive by any means, way, shape or form, but like the bride is like very eager to see her husband, of course the husband should also be eager and is also eager to see her husband, but like typically in depictions of weddings, the bride is very eager to see her husband, she's so excited to get married, all these things, amazing, wonderful, yeah, so similarly, we as Christians, we are eagerly waiting the coming of our Lord, we are eagerly waiting for um yeah, for the coming of our Lord, for Jesus to reign as king over the earth, like, in full force, you know, so we're eagerly waiting, we're like a bride waiting for her wedding day, and Jesus is the bridegroom, I don't know why, I think the reason why they, the Bible says bridegroom is because, like, the church is made of men and women, so if Jesus was just described as the groom, then it's like, what about the women in the church? I don't know, but, like, I guess that's one way. Anyway, Jesus as the bridegroom, also, yes, excited to be reunited with his church, but um, also, as well as that, not but, but like, as well as that, um, he's also so, how, what am I saying? So, yes, the church, the bride, very excited, but also the bridegroom, yes, very excited, and also very willing to, like, sacrifice himself, or them, like, himself for the church, for the bride. So Jesus literally gave his life for us so that we could even be able to have a fellowship of believers. So like it says in Ephesians 5.25, the husband should be willing to love his wife in such a way as to give his life. What is that what it says, Ephesians 5.25? What am I saying? Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So the extent to which Jesus loved the church is that he was willing to give it or he willingly gave his life for the church. So similarly, like a husband would be in that position of loving their bride, their wife, to such an extent of like sacrificial love. I hope that made sense because even I don't know that that, that really made sense. But basically what I'm saying is, it's interesting that Jesus and the church is described as bridegroom and bride because I think it just really speaks of the love of Jesus for the church. I'm going to leave that there so I don't get any more confused.
So, um, why is church important? Okay, church, yes, you're a Christian, yes, you go to, yes, yes, you go to church, yes, okay, da 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 but, like, why is church important? Like, why do we need to be in this fellowship? Why do we need to be in this community? I have thought of a few reasons why. So, first of all, it's commanded, Hebrews 10, 25, um, it's commanded, it's very much, yeah, commanded, Hebrews 10, 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. So why church, first of all, it's commanded, as it says in Hebrews 10, 25, um, let us not neglect our meeting together, let's not forsake um, assembling of believers. Why church, again, it's a place to grow in your faith. I think I would not be nearly as where I am in my faith if not for church. And notice how I'm not saying, you know, oh, it's because of this person and that person in the church, necessarily. Definitely people can contribute to our growing in our faith, for sure. But I think, I'm going to talk about this in the next point, but I think it's important to remember that you shouldn't be so attached to a church, like your local church, to the point where you're almost treating it as an idol. I'm going to get back to that point, but just hold on there for a second. But why faith, Why church? Because it's a way to grow in your faith. Like I said, I don't think I'd be where I am if not for church. Like, when I was lukewarm, I was very much... Um, obvi- I was obviously still going to church because, like, that's, that's what we did. That's what I did, like, go with my family to church, of course. And obviously, like, I'd take things in. I was even a worker in the church. Um, so I'd obviously, like, take things in. And it's not like I'm just there, like, get me out of here. Like, I'd understand stuff from the teachings and I'd be able to apply that to my life, of course. But, like, I didn't have that personal relationship with God. So whilst I was applying things to my life from what I learned in church, like, and that's probably by the grace of God, why I maybe didn't go as far out as I potentially could have but um if I didn't have a church or if I didn't go to church even when I was lukewarm I'd have been much I think I would have been much further gone than I was so even if a person isn't like fully committed to God being in such an environment where people are worshipping God and people are praying for God and people are learning about God people are learning how to live this Christian life like a sponge you will still get some water inside you know if you put a sponge around water even if you don't or if let's use like tissue if you put like tissue paper next on top of like next to water eventually like let's say some water spilled on the table yeah and then you put a piece of tissue next to the water a little bit of that water will likely go into the tissue so even if you don't physically apply the tissue to the water in order to absorb the water at least a little bit of the water will seep into the tissue so likewise even if a person is not a full believer in christ yeah but they go to church i'm not saying it's necessarily good but it's definitely not a bad thing either because at least a little bit of the water a little bit of the teaching of the lord will seep into them and begin to change their lives and eventually over time they'll be able to be fully committed to the lord they'll be they will give they will have an understanding of god but if a person has no fellowship no community no kind of exposure to the things of god then they won't uh, they won't be able to even have that chance to gain knowledge of god 
and they wouldn't grow in their faith at all because even if they're not a believer like I like you know if even if they were lukewarm like a situation that I was in and they but they still go to church at the very least they'll gain some semblance of understanding of who God is but if a person literally never goes to church then they have no exposure to God and how would they grow in their faith how would they they wouldn't have a faith first of all but it would yeah I think yeah I I feel like I was roundabout on that point but essentially what I'm trying I don't know why I'm saying like I said I haven't recorded in ages so this is feeling very weird but basically what I'm trying to say is church is always a grow in your faith and I know that people say well I can do that with my family and I can do that with my friends but church is really significant because you have this person as the head you have this figurehead you have the pastor someone someone who is more so likely spiritually um wiser not to say that they are omnipotent not to say that omniscient or omnipotent and you know they know everything and they're god like by no means am i saying that obviously like we may have more understanding than our pastors we may have more understanding than our elders in the church etc in some certain areas but god called that person god didn't call you as a pastor i don't know if you're a pastor listening to this but like you go to church if you're not a pastor god called the pastor to be the pastor of that church god did that for a reason i mean hopefully god called them but like god did that for a reason you know so god knows that this is a pastor this is a person who can help people grow in their faith not by that person's power but by the power of the lord that god has like breathed into that pastor you know so growing in your faith through church it's something that really can't be it can't be compared because as much as you know friends bible studies and um you know singing worship music in your car whatever make or listening to sermons in your house may grow your faith and those things most likely will grow your faith there's just something about church where you have a big fellowship of believers or at least a substantially numbered fellowship of believers with someone who has a little bit potentially more in all humility a bit more spiritual understanding than us and perhaps a bit more life experience take from that what you will than us than people than the people in the congregation where they'll be able to teach us things that like again not by them but just because god has given them that vocation so they'll be able to teach us things that god has put on their heart and be able to teach us things teach us as in the congregation things from god and i'm not saying that the pastor themselves doesn't have to learn like I'm not saying the pastor is God and the pastor or the pastor is some like superhuman and they just wait eagerly on God's message every day and they're like, oh yes, I'm now going to teach these naive people. That like, obviously the pastor is still a human, the pastor still needs God, the pastor still needs Jesus, the pastor still needs to be saved, the pastor still needs to have their own personal relationship with God. All of those things are very much true. But I'm just saying, like, since they've been called to be a pastor then they at least have that knowledge from God to teach so they would be able through their sermons etc 
to help you grow in your faith and also even with like congregation members so moving past the pastor now even with congregation members like when you're in a fellowship like that so I don't know how many people are in your church but some people have like mega churches with like thousands of people some people have like a bit more of a family church like community church where it's like maybe only 100 people maybe 50 people etc but when you're with like a bigger group of believers and you have people literally of all ages of all um backgrounds of all I don't know understandings etc you will learn from them as well as opposed to let's say like I don't know a campus like fellowship for example or a campus bible study yeah which is great I love 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 campus that was that sounded so sarcastic I love <laughs> I was genuinely being honest I was just scratching my eye um I love campus fellowships like they're great I love them so much I think they're amazing things and I think it's just it's a wonderful privilege to be with people your age who serve God and who love God but exactly you're all the same age you're all in the same place of university of college you know so you all have very similar or you likely all have some form of similarity in your life experience but if you're in a church where you have people from this country or that country or you have people from this background and that background have people from maybe they used to be of a different faith even all these kinds of things and they come together and you're all serving one god obviously you do that on campus fellowship as well hopefully also jesus christ um but like you do like in a church where you have people of all different backgrounds like you'll learn so much and all these people's stories and backgrounds they'll help you and encourage you in a way that if you're in a place where everyone is literally well very much the same I don't think you'd grow in the same way like I've definitely learned things from campus fellowships I wouldn't be able to learn things anywhere else because I'm in a place where people have people have similar experiences to me and you can all but you can also learn from church campus fellowships or like uni fellowships or like friends groups where you do bible studies all these kinds of things like those those are great because you'll definitely learn and learn about god like when you're discussing god because but you'll learn from like one point of view because you're all probably in a similar life stage but if you go you're in a church where you have people of different life stages or different backgrounds perhaps a bit more like variety in the backgrounds of the people there so maybe you have people who are like retired you have people who are just starting work you have people who are I don't know in school you have people who are um just getting married you have people that have been married for 20 20 years da, 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 da. like you have um people who have been missionaries you have people who have done all these amazingly cool things like you have people with different backgrounds and you'll be able to learn from their stories like I was talking about in the last episode like the things we go through in life can often be like training school what God has called us to do so when you're in a place where you're with like a diversity of believers you'll be able to learn from them and grow from what they help what they tell you and what they teach you as well yeah another reason why church God likes community Psalm 133 is one of my favorite psalms and I really recommend you read it because it really emphasizes this point literally through actually I'll just read it because I really like the psalm and but please read it yourself as well psalm 133 it says behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity it's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard the beard of Aaron 
spreading down on the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life evermore. So Psalm 133 teaches us how much God loves community. And just throughout the Bible, like, you'll see that God loves community. Jesus had 12 disciples, right? And so even then he had a community. <laughs> he had a, he had a community. Um, yeah, God loves community. So church is important for that reason. Okay, I now want to talk about serving God versus serving church. This is something I got very passionately um, about. What? This is something I feel very passionately about. Because I think there's a massive difference between serving God and serving church. Now, serving God is a good thing. Serving in your local church is also a very good thing. But we should remember that when one is serving in our local church, i.e. working in our local church, let's say you work in the media team, let's say you're in the in the choir, and the worship team, let's say you're an usher telling the children to stop shouting in the background, <laughs> Let's say you're, um, can you hear music in the background? I feel like sometimes when I'm recording, I might just choose the worst times to record. Okay, I'm just going to talk over the, hopefully you can't hear the music in the background. Um, anyway, but wherever you're serving in church, like, it's important to, it's important to remember wherever we're serving in church, that we're not doing it, we shouldn't be doing it for the church in the sense of I'm doing it so that pastor will pray for me or I'm doing it so that I can just be seen as a good person it's important to remember that when we're serving in church we're doing it because we're serving God okay yeah so serving God versus serving the church it's important to remember that when we're serving in church as good as that is and as amazing as that is as as important as it is to use our talents for God's glory in every way that we can serving in the church as in working in your local church should not be seen as something that you're doing necessarily like for the church so that oh so they can say I did a really good job today like you should remember that you're doing it for God you're doing it so that God can bless you you're doing it because you want to honor God you're doing it because you want to use your talents that God has given you for God so I'm going to use some bible verses and then I'm going to talk afterwards so Luke 10 38 to 42 now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus Jesus's feet and heard his word but Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said Lord do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone therefore tell her to help me Jesus and Jesus answered and said to her Martha Martha you're worried about you are worried and troubled about many things but one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her so if you don't know the story that was the story of Mary and Martha so Mary and Martha were sisters I want to say this is Mary Magdalene but I'm not a hundred percent sure I think it's Mary Magdalene and her sister Martha but I'm not a hundred percent sure so I don't want to say what I don't know but there were these two sisters Mary and Martha and I'm pretty sure it was Mary Magdalene, you know? Anyway, um, yeah, Mary and Martha. So Jesus was in this village of the sisters and then Mary went to go and listen to Jesus' like preaching, teaching. And Martha was like, I don't know what she was doing, but she was like busy in herself. She was like maybe clearing up, cooking, 
doing all these things and it's like okay cool but then she was getting annoyed because Mary was not helping. I don't know if you've ever been like, let's say Christmas dinner or something, or like you're making dinner, let's say for your parents or something. And then your friend or your sibling, your friend, then your sibling is meant to be helping you, but they're just like upstairs in their room. Uh, like that might be me. Um, they're just like upstairs in their room and they look, you're telling your parents like, can you go and get X, Y, Z to come and t- come downstairs and help me like tidy up or help me to cook this food? So that's kind of the situation Mary and Martha was in. So Mary was listening to Jesus. Martha was probably like just so annoyed and like in the kitchen being like, well, where's Mary then? And then she told Jesus, I was going to say she's a bit of a telltale, but yeah, this is a Bible story. So yeah, she told Jesus and then Jesus was like, well, Mary's doing the right, I'm paraphrasing of course, but Mary's doing the right thing because like she's listening to the teachings of Jesus. So what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is um, don't busy yourself in a way that will prevent you from hearing the word of God. Um, don't uh, don't let church work prevent you from hearing from God in church. So I know that some people have jobs in church where that means they move around a lot. So I'm thinking about ushers who might be like, helping with children um maybe if a child is crying they might like help the parents with the child or think about ushers you might be telling people where to sit in church etc you know <laughs> you know when you come late to church and then the usher will be like okay your seat is right at the front in the middle and then you have to walk in as people like look at you or try not to look at you as you're walking in late and god help you if you like wore heels or something it's like click 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 in the middle of service and it's like right anyway i'm also thinking about people like um children's teachers like i don't know if you were ever in sunday school when you were younger but sunday school teachers who of course also might would be busy in the service helping with the children but obviously like there are some people in the church whose jobs mean that um they will be a bit in and out of service in that sense but as much as is possible, all people who are in the church, and especially people who are working in the church, we shouldn't let our work busy ourselves from actually hearing from God. This is why I really emphasise, it's really important that God, you ask God before you come to church or when you're in church, God, please let me hear from you today. Please let me hear the message that you want me to hear today. Because let's say, um, I don't know, an usher is like helping a person come into church right so at that moment or that the usher is helping the person like showing them where to sit they might not be focused on what's um going on in service let's say it's um worship time in church and the usher is um helping someone come into church like the usher might not be focused on worship at that moment because they're trying to do their job but I think it's important to pray before, like, in such a situation, Usher should pray, like, oh, God, please let me hear from you today. And I like to think that God would make it so that the Usher, the message that God has for that Usher would not be during worship time when they were being, not disturbed, but when they were, like, occupied by helping someone come into church. I'd like to think that God would make it so that the message that he has for that certain usher would be when the church is, when people aren't coming into church, so when the usher can really sit down and really listen. Let's say it's during um, prayer time. So I'd like to think that God would have a message for the usher during prayer time when they're not occupied by helping people come into church, you know? 
So I like to think that God has, I definitely think that God has a message for everyone on Sundays because he wouldn't just like, he's very intentional. You're not just going to come there for band, like you're not just going to come to church for laws. Like you're not just going to come for like fun. Um, or let me not say that, but you're not just coming to church just for the sake of coming to church. Like you're coming to church with the intention of hearing from God. So I think that when you come with that intention, God will make you hear from him and he will allow you to hear from him. But I also think he'll allow you to hear from him in a way that you can't miss it. But if an usher is like helping someone come into church, they might miss the message at that very moment in time. But I think that God would make it so that the message that he has for that usher is at another time when they're not occupied. You know, so this is why I think it's really important to pray that you don't miss your message from God, especially when you're a worker in church, because we as workers in church, I don't know if you're a worker in church, but I am. And sometimes it can get very busy. You go here, you go here, trying to do all these things. But it's like you don't want to miss church because at the end of the day, yes, you're a worker, but you're also a Christian, you're also a believer, you also want to hear from God. So I think it's really important to pray that we don't miss our messages from God. Um, so yeah, another verse I want to talk about, Acts 6, 1-4. to So I love the book of Acts. Um, another random fact that no one asked for. <laughs> but... Um, Acts 6, 1-4, and it says, Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I absolutely love verse four. I think it's beautiful, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. I love that Bible verse. It's so beautiful. So this story, um, it's very self-explanatory <laughs> uh, from the verses I read, but I'll say it anyway. So basically the 12 disciples, um, minus Judas, but add, I think Thomas or something. Like they had another disciple. So 12 disciples, so the 12 disciples, this was in the days of the early church. I can't believe I haven't mentioned the early church earlier, but the early church is like the first church, Acts chapter two, read it please. If you want a bit more understanding of what the early church was like. Um, but this was like right after Jesus left. Okay, so Jesus has left, what, as if he went out the back door. When Jesus ascended to heaven, this was right after Jesus ascended to heaven and the Holy Spirit came among, upon um, the disciples and I think some other people as well. And from there, the first church basically um, began. So chapter six, um, so the disciples have been doing the like early church for a while, da 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 da. But then um, they also have this issue or this, yeah, quote unquote issue of um, helping the widows. And they were like, well, our... so you know how I was saying some are called to be teachers, some are called to be evangelists, etc. And I think it also says in Galatians or something that people have different gifts of the spirit so some people's gifts of the spirit is like this kind of thing of is like prayer and that I think is prayer a gift of the spirit basically some people are called to like be prayer leaders and all of this kind of thing um some people are called to be pastors some people are called to be teachers etc but the disciples they were like well we have to give ourselves continually to pray and the ministry of the word so we can't be doing the like um charity work not in a demeaning way and I don't think they were saying it in a sense of oh we're too big to do charity work 
but they were genuinely like we are only 12 people we cannot do everything so please find other people who will be able to do this job and to like and I'm sure to do it well as well so um that's why they said in verse three seek people who like they can appoint for that business of like charity work um so that's just evidence or that's just another example of serving in the church and how people can serve in different ways like if you imagine the disciples were like serving kind of in the ministerial team you know serving as like prayer people prayer warriors prayer leaders i guess and um like ministers because they said we will give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word and then the seven people they chose were kind of like i suppose they were kind of like ushers in the sense like kind of doing this charity work helping the widows who were neglected in the daily distribution so that's just a really interesting story and it just talks about serving in the god serving in the church and serving god um so what did i want to talk about basically i think i think serving church has become a real big issue and forgive me if I have a little bit of a rant um, right now, but you know what? I'm going to talk. I think serving church has become a really big issue. I think people have become so caught up in doing work in their church that they have some, I think that some people have got so caught up in doing work in their church that they've forgotten that they're doing it for God. And I think this is a really easy trap to fall into. And I call it a trap because it's very distracting. And it's it's just, it's not a good thing. So I call it a trap. Why do I say it's easy to fall into? Because when you're serving in your local church, you can't physically see God, right? But you can see what you're doing. Let's say you're a worship leader. Absolutely no shade to my worship leaders. We love you. God bless you and increase your talent in Jesus' name. But if you're a worship leader listening to this, I'm not adding you. I'm just totally, I'm just saying like what's on my heart and what's on my mind. Um, but I think let's say a person's a worship leader. You can't see God that you're worshipping, right? But we have faith that he is there, that he is listening, that he is accepting our worship. Yes, yes. But we can see the people in the congregation. You can see um the person who let me know. Let me not make jokes, but you can see the person who's really like into worship. You can see the person who's like so moved by the spirit. You can see the person who is really like, um, what do people say? Like keying into worship. They're really engaged in the worship. They're really engaged in the praise and all of that. You can see all of that, and you can see the pastor when or the ministers when they say, "Oh, you know, let's give a round of applause for our worship team." and all those things that's great you know that's really that's great but you don't necessarily see God who is like yes this is my child I am pleased with their worship etc etc but you have faith that it's happening but because you don't see God like physically but you see the people physically like engaging in worship I think it's easy to sometimes think that oh these are the people I'm doing it for you know I'm really leading these people into the holy of holies I'm really leading these people in worship I'm um, oh yes you know I'm really God's vessel and I'm really like I'm just I'm such such a good worship leader I'm the best worship leader this church has ever had I'm the best choir member this church has ever had I'm the best worship person I'm the best at leading worship I'm the best at leading praise because look at all these people we don't want pride. 
So that's a very, it's very easy to think that you're serving the church because of the people's reaction. Now, by no means am I saying it's bad to engage in worship, nor am I saying that, you know, oh, God should really start coming down physically so we, the worship leaders don't get distracted. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, don't feel that just because um, people are, like, engaged or touched by what you do in church, whether you're a worship leader or the media team, an usher, Sunday school teacher, whatever, don't think that because people are touched by what you're doing in church that you're doing it directly for them. Yes, you are using your talent from God to edify them. And yes, you are using your talent from God to build those people up. But you are not doing it for them. You are doing it for God. God gave you a talent and God has given you a talent to use for his glory. Yes, by using your talent, people will be touched. Undoubtedly, yes. But using your talent for those people or for using your talent and your talent being able to touch those people does not mean that you are using your talent for those people. You're using your talent for God. And this is why I say it can be tricky for people. I think sometimes it's easy to fall into this thing of you're serving church rather than serving God because we can get, I think it's easy to get it mixed up. And I think that's why it's really important that we ask God, and I'm thinking about this too, like, it's important, I'm, like, I'm talking to you, but I'm also talking to myself, like, it's important that we ask God to remind us that we're doing our work for him, and we're not necessarily doing it for the church, yes, we're doing it to build up the church, yes, we're doing our talents to help the local church, yes, 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 but the church isn't, like, begging, you know, it, the Bible says, um, if no one, what does it say, like, if no one raises, praises God, that like, he can raise stones to praise him, so, like, if people are replaceable don't think that you're doing church a favor that's the one don't think you're doing church a favor by being a worship leader or by being on the media team or by being an usher you're not doing the church a favor if anything god is doing you a favor by even letting you work in his kingdom like honestly so don't think that by serving in the church that you're doing the church a favor and you're like oh they should be so grateful for me no one can do it like me God forgive me for every pride because I'm deep in it and I'm thinking like wow I've actually acted in pride in the past and I pray that God forgives me um but like don't think that we are irreplaceable because every human being is replaceable honestly like I remember seeing something in church the other week and it was a very like normal or standard kind of image but it really made me realize how replaceable human beings are in the church and I just pray that like we never get replaced in the work of God that we're doing and it really like charged me to be more diligent and be more consistent and to actually do God's work well because people are replaceable man people are really really replaceable so don't think that you're doing church a favor when you're serving in the church know that you're doing it for God and not for man yes people will be edified by what you do by the grace of God and yes, people will be helped by what you do by the grace of God. And yes, people will be um, built up in their faith by his grace, by what you do in Jesus' name. But ultimately, you are do it using your talents for God. You're using your talents for God in the vicinity of the local church. But you're not using your talent so the local church will bless you. You're using your talent so that God Almighty will bless you. So that God Almighty will be honoured and glorified through your work. Also with um, serving the church, I think there's a difference between church evangelism and 
actual evangelism. So evangelism, if you don't know, is just um, telling people about Jesus. So um, preaching the gospel to other people. And I think church evangelism is this kind of thing of, oh, come to my church, you know, we have an amazing worship team. Every week we have Elevation singing at our church. <laughs> Every week we have Elevation singing at our church. Mavericks is here, like, regular guest members at our church. Oh, um, this and that pastor, I absolutely, like, I'm not adding Elevation or Maverick. It just made me laugh what I said. Honestly, I'm not adding those people at all. But, um... Like, you know, oh, we have this and get a guest pastor every week, you know, they're amazing, da, 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 da. come to our church, come to our church. That's church evangelism. To me, that's what I would define as church evangelism. But genuine evangelism is, this is Jesus, this is what he's done, this is why you need him. Obviously, like, with more words than that. Um, And it's important that we get this distinction right between church evangelism and um evangelism, because... It's so damaging when people think that they are doing God's work, but in actual fact, they're kind of just recruiting for their local church. And it annoys me, I won't lie. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> it annoys me. I don't know about you, but it annoys me. Because, <laughs> yes, tell people about God. And yes, you know, tell people about your local church. Defos. But defos, it's not like anyway definitely do that but don't think that your church is above god tell people about god before you tell people about your church let people go to god before they go to your church okay because yes like i was saying earlier in the episode like if people still go to church but they're not really a believer they can still at least gain something but you'll gain a heck of a lot more when you believe in god and go to church okay so if you're evangelizing, tell people about God and then tell people about your church to preach the gospel to them. And then if you want, say, oh, if you'd like, you know, my church on Sunday meets at, I don't know, 11 a.m. Um, You're more than welcome to join us. We are at this address. Da, 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 da. But please don't start your thing with, hey, are you a Christian? OK, come to my church. Like, what are you doing? Did God say he's hungry? Like, there's this Bible verse that I love. Um, it's in Isaiah. I'm reading Isaiah right now. And it, there's this verse that I love. It's so funny. Um, what does it say? Did I say I was... There's this Bible verse, but I can't find it. I think it's, in, it's definitely in Isaiah, but I just can't find it. But I don't want to, like, spend too much time on it that I forget what I'm saying. But, um... Yeah, it was basically saying, like, did I ask me of you or something like that? But basically, God was saying, like, I'm not hungry, that I'm asking you to feed me, kind of thing. Yeah, that's a bit annoying, because I can't find it. Hopefully, I'll find it, and if I do find it, I'll post it or something. But, like, um, yeah, it was just a very funny Bible verse. But basically, like, God is not hungry. God is not asking you to, um, you know, recruit. 10,000 members for your church like he's asking yes recruit for the kingdom of God you know tell people about Jesus tell people about his kingdom but he's not asking you to come and recruit people for your church you know because it's not your church that will save I was watching a movie the other day and then there was this like pastor who had been far gone and like kind of like completely forgotten his vocation essentially and forgotten the call God had for him and he just started like acting out basically and then a senior pastor like another pastor his friend was saying like okay but like have you got another heaven that you've got 
people like that you're telling people to go to like have you got an alternative heaven is that the heaven that you're leading people to because you're certainly not leading people to the heaven of the lord kind of vibe and it was really like it was very kind of like shocking so i'm like dang when we kind of go when we go astray from the call of god we're really trying to say like oh we've got a better plan um we've got a better like eternity plan for people and obviously that's not true so church evangelism like don't um (laughs) don't fall into that trap definitely tell people about your church be proud of your church but also tell people about jesus and when people know about jesus when people know about god then they will know about the importance of church and then you know they'll ask hey do you want i can i come to your church or hey like do you know any, any local churches i can go to and then you can tell people like oh you can come to my church if you'd like but don't first of all don't force it don't make it a thing of come to my church if you don't come to my church because like who are you like who are we like what is human what is man that we are threatening one another but on another level it's like is your church heaven no it's not (laughs) like not like your church is not like none of our churches are the perfect place that we've all been waiting for so why are you so why are you forcing people to come to your church so yeah don't do church event like don't emphasize church evangelism over actual evangelism tell people about jesus and then tell people about church or about your church rather i also wanted to touch briefly on church hurt which is an unfortunate phrase, but a phrase nevertheless. Um, If you don't know, church hurt is basically this kind of thing of when people have um, been hurt by a church experience that they've had and that sometimes led them to go leave that church um, or leave the faith completely, which I think is really sad. But a first that I want to um, talk about, I don't want to go into too much, like too much detail about this because I don't want to first off, talk about something that I don't have like that I don't know because you know everyone's experiences is different but I also don't want to um perhaps bring up any negative memories for people but what I will say is the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contract spirit uh in another version um this is Psalm 34 verse 18 the Lord is close to the brokenhearted he rescues those whose spirits are crushed Please don't let fallible humans put you off an infallible God. Human beings will fail. No church is perfect. Please remember that. Um, but I'm not trying to make excuses necessarily, but I will give explanations that no church is perfect. Um, people will fail. And I think church hurt can be of two means. I think sometimes God will allow some things to happen so that you can be open, so your eyes can so your eyes so your eyes can be open so that you can be aware that perhaps that was not the fellowship that God had in mind for you maybe that was the fellowship you had in mind for yourself but that was not the fellowship God had in mind for you so maybe I think God will sometimes I think sometimes God will let things happen so that you can be more aligned with his plan for your life I think also sometimes um God or no sometimes church hurt happens purely just out of human nature no human is perfect people will mess up people will say some things people will do some things that are terrible and I hope and I pray that you don't let infallible humans put you off an infallible God human beings will fail but God will never fail please don't 
if you experience church hurt, don't give up on God because of a church. Because there are thousands and millions of churches around the world, but there's only one God. And there are thousands of millions of churches that have hurt people, I'm sure. Hopefully not millions, but I'm sure there are hundreds of churches that have hurt people. Perhaps through no means of their own, but there are churches where people have been hurt, but um, there's a God who comforts like no other. And don't let pe- don't let don't let fallible people put you off an infallible God. That's that's all I would say on that on that matter. Don't let fallible people put you off an infallible God. Okay, so the future of the church, the bride of Christ, um, as it says in Revelation, we will be joined with the Lord. We will, um, I think, in an eternal sense, the future of the church is reunion with God in heaven, reunion with Jesus in heaven. On a physical sense, I think the future of the church is potentially church decline. Um, lots of people say that, oh, you know, people don't go to church anymore and da 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 I know church attendance is declining. I don't know why I've got an accent now. But, oh, and church de- attendance is declining and, oh, this, that and the third. And, oh, no, the youth, the youth aren't going to church anymore. First of all, I don't know what circles they've been in, but me personally, I'm seeing a lot of young people come to Christ. I don't know if it's because I'm on the right side of TikTok, but um, I'm personally seeing a lot of young people go to Christ um like I'm seeing a lot of young people actively profess their faith even in like professional settings which is amazing because that's wonderful um I'm seeing a lot of young people come to Christ so I don't know where these people are getting the statistics from definitely I think um as the end times happen and all of that like the love of many will wax cold you know so people will lose interest in God unfortunately and definitely I think that's a thing but I also think that Christianity is growing. Christianity is growing and a lot of people are coming to Christ. A lot of young people are coming to Christ and that brings me so much joy. Gen Z, I believe we will be known, I pray we'll be known for our love for Jesus and our passion for Jesus because it's amazing. If you're on the right side of TikTok, um, you see that pretty much every day if you're on TikTok every day. Um, But yeah, I think on one side, yes, I can see why people say church attendance is declining and all of that. But the decline of church attendance doesn't necessarily mean that people are losing their faith. Because I would rather have, like, yes, definitely going to church is evidence of a faith, or can be evidence of one's faith. But I think it's more so about people genuinely believing. I think there's one thing to be a cultural Christian. Oh, yeah, we go to church on... I don't know, again, it was the accents. We go to church on Sundays because that's what my grandmother's been doing. That's what my mother did. That's what I'm doing. But there's also a genuine Christian of, I go to church because I want to encounter God. You know, so maybe there's a decline in church attendance from cultural Christians who just went to church because that's what we do. But there's an increase in actual believers. And I think that it's amazing that there's an increase in believers. And... I think that that's a bit more important than what statistics are saying. So, yeah, the future of the church on the earth. By his grace, many more devout believers coming to church as opposed to people, as opposed to churches just being full of people who just go to church because that's what they do. 
Uh, I think that, and I hope and I pray and I want for the church to be full of people who genuinely have a love for God. Yeah. Um, eternally speaking, the future of the church, the bride of Christ, re reunion with the Lord, as it says in Revelation 21. Um, yeah. Okay, tips about finding a church, about going to church, about church, <laughs> about like finding a church predominantly. Um, pray. Oh my days, I have made the mistake of using my own wisdom to choose a church and I do not recommend it. Pray, go with God like go with God genuinely pray pray that God will lead you to the church that is right for you pray that God will lead you to a church where you will grow pray that God will lead you to a church where you'll be comfortable I cannot emphasize this enough pray that God will lead you to a church where you will grow in your love for him pray that God leads you to a place of community where you actually want to be part of that community um pray 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 another tip follow your godly instinct if, if if you go to a church and you're feeling a little bit off or you think that hm, the spirit is a little bit off it um leave <laughs> leave because it's better to leave when you can leave um follow your godly instinct yes we have free will and yes you know um what is it the heart of man is deceitfully wicked and all of that but we also have the spirit of god living in us therefore what does it say in romans 8 14 um romans 8 is it 14 or 16 yes um for as many are 14 for as many as are led by the spirit of god these are the sons of god and then um there's another verse i was looking for why can't i find the bible but god forbid why can't i find the bible verses i'm looking for right now yeah um uh, verse 9 but you're not in the flesh but in the spirit if indeed the spirit of god dwells in you now if anyone does not have the spirit of christ he is not his and verse 11 that's what i think that's what i was looking for um but if the spirit of him who raised you from the dead dwells in you he who raised christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you so basically we have the holy spirit living in us as we believers so that means that we have the the holy spirit living inside of us so that means that we can go with our godly instincts that is the holy spirit so um get follow your godly instincts and similarly don't stay where god's spirit isn't there and i'm not saying oh you know the only way to know that god's spirit is there is when like everyone is always crying during worship and you know if people aren't crying during worship that means god's spirit isn't there that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying that um by their fruits we shall know them so use that and if the spirit of the lord isn't there if you have the spirit of the lord in you you will not be comfortable where the spirit of the lord isn't there because you know your spirit greater is him that is in me than he that is in the world so the greater spirit living inside of us the spirit of the lord living inside of us will be like the what is it thermometer that will be like hmm, the temperature here is a little bit off let me leave you know, or let's leave, let's go, let's leave this place. So don't stay where God's spirit isn't. Give places a chance. Now, like I said, I'm not saying, you know, you walk into a church for the first time and, oh my days, there aren't a thousand people here. This definitely can't be a place where God is, let me leave. Like, obviously not. Some churches are small, some churches are big. So don't, you know, use human eyes like that. Um, Give places a chance. Also, like I said, don't do this thing of, oh my days, people aren't crying during worship and on the floor. 
in tears. That means that God's spirit isn't here. Therefore, I have to leave. Like, no, give places a chance. And finally, remember that no church is perfect, but all true churches of God should grow your faith positively. Why do I say grow your faith positively? <laughs> it's a bit funny, but um, I've had an experience here where um, a person made my faith grow for sure definitely made my faith grow but they did not make my faith it wasn't a positive experience that led to my faith growing it was more of a signal yeah I can't do this anymore so I need God um to sort me out because it's not working so that person made my faith grow but it wasn't a thing of making my faith grow in that we're both encouraging each other in the faith it was more so I realized that this was a situation that I could no longer be in and that person definitely made my faith grow because I went to God and I said God I can't do it anymore um please help me and God being good was like yeah I told you so but you didn't listen <laughs> oh, no no he didn't say I told you so but um God being God was good enough um it was kind enough and loving enough to welcome me home and um he cleaned me up and all of that but basically when I say um make your faith grow positively I think there's a difference between someone's faith growing positively and negatively positively is you know we both encourage let's say it's a friendship group let's use something a little bit lighter we both encourage, we all encourage each other in the Lord, you know, we send Bible verses to each other, we pray for each other, all these really cute things, da, 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 da. and then there's a person making your face grow negatively in that, let's say you're in a really negative workspace, and let's say you weren't praying before you used to start this job, but this workspace has gotten really bad, you know, your boss is always being mean to you, your co-workers are so rude, da 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 da, your face will grow, and I'll tell you why, because you will start to pray, you will actually start to pray and you'll actually start to be like, yes, God, please help me. Oh, God, make me to be like favoured in this place. Da, 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 da. You'll start to pray. And I think sometimes God uses the latter situation to kind of get our attention and be like, yeah, I'm telling you, you really need to step up in your faith game. But you haven't been listening to me. So I'm now going to let this situation happen so that you can step up by fire by force. So what am I saying? Um, your church should be a place that helps your faith grow positively not negatively that god get me out of the situation please okay and then you start reading your bible and then you start praying more and more no your church should be a place where you are encouraged you are edified you are taught and i'm not saying it's cotton candy every day oh jesus loves you yes he does definitely but they don't tell you about the um negative consequences of sin or the church doesn't tell you about the dangers of sin or the church doesn't tell you about the need for repentance or the church doesn't tell you about like prayer or something like you know like yes church is very much important and church should encourage you and edify you and fill you with like um and should grow your faith but church is a festival church isn't a motivational talk yeah church isn't some campground where we all sing like kumbaya and you know we never learn about god like church definitely should edify you and it should like increase you in a good way but it shouldn't just be a place it shouldn't be a place where the truth of the lord is like diminished you know so it's important that churches of course talk about the love of christ and of course talk about um 
you know salvation and the joys of salvation all of that but you should also talk about like things we need to know you know so yeah yeah so no church is perfect but all churches should grow your faith positively and i'd say that if a church is not growing your faith positively maybe it's time to rethink okay so thank you so much for listening i've loved this episode it's been a very long episode um but i think it's appropriate because church is a massive topic and um one that i think i needed some refreshing on and i think that i actually because i was actually thinking the other day following a conversation i had like in a taxi randomly but it was like why is church actually important so I hope you enjoyed this episode i hope we all gained something new and i pray that the lord will heal any of our hearts who have been hurt by church hurt i pray that god will give us wisdom to always remember that if we are working for him in church it's because we are working for him and not necessarily just working for the local church i pray that god gives us wisdom of how to choose a church if we are looking for how to choose a church i pray that god just gives us more wisdom of his church and helps us to grow in the community of believers that he has put us in and if we have not yet found a church i pray that the lord leads us to find the right church for us all in jesus name for ourselves i pray that the lord helps us to find the right church in jesus name thank you for listening uh thank you for being here and happy new year once again even though it's basically the end of january but happy new year once again I'm really excited for the podcast this year. I just pray that it grows all by the grace of God. And I pray that more people will know about the love of Christ through it. And I pray that God uses it for his glory. Um, I'm excited. I'm always excited, (laughs) I feel. But I'm excited and I love you. And remember to keep shining your light.